Caldwell Medicine Review episode 69, dudes! For Thursday, November 9th, 2017. The only podcast in the world that would think to name one of their episodes, episode 69, dudes! That's a sound clip from Bill and Ted. This song you're listening to is Professor Umlaut by Kevin McLeod, and you can check out his website in Copitech.com for royalty-free music and graph paper. Welcome to the show. See, the show I like a little bit more. I don't have to go over any mass killings or anything like that. Just regular boring news. Um, let's see. Well, I got some feedback. What is this on on Gab? Mold fur. If I'm saying that right, says review review your podcast. Okay. It's a. Uh, what is it? What is the description for this? It's. A discussion and analysis of... Man, I have to look this up. How embarrassing. And this isn't... I'm not giving my podcast a... 1 through 10 review. I'll let the jury decide that. Um, It's a a discussion and analysis of news media, politics, and current events. That's my review for Caldwell Medicine Review. And by the way, I still don't think that makes entire grammatical sense. Caldwell Medicine Review is a discussion and analysis of news media, politics, and current events. I just need need to think of a better description. Um, And then speaking of Gab, I'm... I'm resurrecting the uh, social media thing. My my reemergence in the social media since MySpace. So you can find me at Gab on at Caldwell Madison. Gab.ai forward slash Caldwell Madison. Minds.com forward slash Caldwell Madison. Um, I'm on Twitter at CaldMad. I don't really use it. I, the re- reason why I have one is because Blog Talk Radio would tweet out when I'm going live and stuff like that. I think I have like one follower on there, so if you'd like to follow me, if you'd like to be my second follower on Twitter, you can do that. Um, and then you can email me, adam at caldwellmedicine.com, and I am Adam, your host. So let's, uh, let's get right in to the news. We have... Uh, Variety of topics here. Donna Brazil on Tucker Carlson. Uh, updates on Rand Paul. Injuries are worse than thought. We have the Democrats getting wins in various places. Um, Paradise Papers. More football advertiser stuff. The DOJ apparently demanding the sale of CNN or DirecTV as a condition for a AT&T and Time Warner deal. 
And uh, let's see, Facebook, asking for your naked selfies. And another staged, or an update on a staged hate crime. So, I mentioned a little bit about the Donner Brazil book last episode. I think everybody knows about it by now. And she made an appearance on Fox News. She spent a lot of time talking about her hopes for the Democrat Party and how she wanted Hillary to win and how Hillary was her friend and all all this and that. And Although, after some questioning, it sounds like she hasn't actually spoken to Hillary since February. And I think the most interesting part of the interview was when uh, Tucker kind of uh, cornered her uh, um, to comment about the uh, the leaked CNN question. So I think if I'm going to play any clip out of that, I need to play that. So let me find that. Okay, and just to give some narrative, she spent the first half of the interview um, kind of going over what I said about when she's talking about some of the Democrat Party wins and how um, they're, I guess, quote, licking their wounds. And, and then Tucker had her respond to some of the critics because she's getting criticism from everywhere. She's uh, kind of a, uh, I don't know if I'd call her an enemy of the Democrat Party right now, but uh, if not, close to it. Well, anyway, um, here is uh, the highlight of that interview I'd like to share. So we'll go ahead and play this. And by the way, I like... Uh, Tucker Carlson, too. I don't watch a lot of Fox News, but the clips that I see of him online are usually pretty entertaining. And he he was at some political event. Um, it, it was in 2008. It was Ron Paul rally for the Republic in the Twin Cities. I was there, and he gave a pretty interesting speech, which I'm pretty sure is on... YouTube still. That was right after I think he was with MSNBC, if I got that correctly. I didn't even know who he was then, but seemed like an interesting guy. He used to wear a bow tie. Now he wears a tie, <laughs> a regular tie. Maybe he'll switch from a regular tie to a bolo tie. All right, anyway, go with this clip here. They know that I stand behind them. They're up at Harvard, they're at Georgetown, and I want them to know that I so am still the same Donna that they've always known. Okay, I'm so, feisty, I'm gusty. Well, I've noticed that. And as you so well they've know, come Tucker, after you. They've come after you and said, look, it's a little much for you to criticize the DNC for colluding with the Hillary campaign when you conceded that you leaked questions to the Hillary campaign during a CNN town hall, before a CNN town hall. My question when I'm reading this is, did no one at CNN know that happened? Did well, they really learn for the first time when they read your book? How could they have not have known that? Well, Tucker, I surely hope everyone will now go out and buy the book. It's called Hacks, the Inside Story. Uh, <laughs> but hey, there, hold hey, on now, slow down, wait, wait, there was a question now. there. Uh, a, did nobody at CNN know that you did that? Well, so you well, say, look, you gave, <laughs> you apparently got them from. Uh, <laughs> oh, kind of sounds no, like when Tucker, she was first asked about this. You cannot put words in my mouth. Look, no, 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 I'm just asking. I got asking. some lipstick from Fox, but that has not forced me to not stand my ground. And just let me say, she. Don't put words in my my mouth. I, and she's thinking probably in her head. I know I did this, but I never admitted to doing this. So <laughs> Tucker Carlson kind of threw in there. I, I forgot the exact word he used, but suggesting that you know she came to terms with this uh, cheat, so to speak. Here, continuing on. 
I no. said no, in no the but book it's not your I'm, ground. I'm asking about CNN. Where you, so, well, you then worked. Uh, well, you haven't talking, gone on their air. They're mad at you, obviously. No, but Matt, did they know that you leaked these questions? Really simple uh, question. You know, Tucker, I said last year. Sounds like they I, did. Uh, no, Tucker, don't <laughs> don't try to put words in my mouth. I said last year that uh, CNN never provided us with any questions. CNN never uh, gave us anything in advance. But I did say, and what I've said in the future, uh, in the past, and what I said in this book, is that. I, as, as an officer of the DNC, and I know WikiLeaks gave everybody, you know, certain questions and certain emails, but as an officer in the DNC, I sought to expand the number of debates. And I wanted to make sure that we had diverse right. voices and we covered issues that had not been discussed in previous debates. And so, what I did, no, let, give me one okay. more second, and I know it's your show, I'm not trying to take over. Um, but what I saw, you, you don't, Tucker, I know you too well. What I sought to do, Tucker, was to ensure that we had these issues on the table and I made sure that our candidates, I didn't want them blindsided. That's what I admitted to. That's what I, look, what WikiLeaks put that's, out. That's Wiki, the greatest Wiki, spin I've ever heard. I didn't want them blindsided. Hey. That's so good. You should do this for a living. That's all. That is hilarious. Let me Tucker, ask you a human, let Tucker, me ask you a personal let, question. Let, Hold let, on. Let, In let, the Wiki, book. Okay. I'm going to stop it there, but you can see that was, uh, I think the most interesting part of that, uh, a whole interview there, but you can, you can look up the interview yourself, just type in Tucker Carlson and Donna Brazil into YouTube and it'll, you know, first couple of videos that pop up will be the full interview there. That's a trending topic right now. And the other trending topic is, uh, Rand Paul. So I got a couple articles here, a, f a few. One to do with his injuries and two to do with the media. So original reports of Rand Paul's injuries, one from the Blaze and one from the New York Times had him at five broken ribs. And now it's coming out that he has six broken ribs and fluid around his lungs. Looking at an article now, Kentucky.com. Article from the Lexington Herald leader. And it shows a, a tweet from his. I appreciate the support from everyone. A, a medical update, fi, uh, final report, indicates six broken ribs. And a new x-ray shows a, oh, how do I say this one? Plural effusion. And, uh, and then another tweet he had on his Twitter was just uh, tweeting out this article from the Washington Examiner. Rand Paul's neighbors rip media landscaping dispute reports. By Paul Bedard. Article starts with the bullying green Kentucky neighbor who allegedly attacked Senator Rand Paul last weekend, causing six broken ribs, was aggressively anti Trump and anti GOP in his social media, calling for the impeachment of the president and urging special counsel Robert Mueller to fry Trump's gonads. It says capture screenshots of Renee, but Bo it might be. Butcher or Boucher, I honestly don't know. I've seen names similar to this pronounced either way. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with Boucher. Captured screenshots of Renee Boucher's Facebook page provided to Secrets and taken down since the event. Uh, also show that the anesthesiologist was a fan of the hashtag Never Trump Clan. So this is in response to an article I went over last episode, and I don't remember. I deleted the bookmark, but it had to do with 
the idea that this attack was over a landscaping dispute and not some crazed Democrat. And you can assume which types of media were taking the narrative that it was over landscaping and, you know, it wasn't one of our own crazy liberals. So they have some quotes on this Washington Examiner article from some of Rand's neighbors. It says seven neighbors in River Green Gated Community told Secrets Wednesday. I don't know what this is. I don't know what the Secrets is. That the Pauls are friendly homeowners who kept their property tidy. And the article is pointing to an article on the Washington Post that mentioned uh, it, it was probably over or questioned if it was over a yard dispute. I don't know if that was the article I went over. But I think more than one outlet took that narrative anyway. Quote, the Paul's landscaping looks just like everyone's place in River Green. Wish I could get him to cut my lawn, said neighbor Robert Warner. As a friend, neighbor, and senator, Rand has been first class in every way. What I find amazing is the fact that he cuts his own grass. Our neighborhood is fortunate to have the Pauls live here. Another quote from neighbor Travis Creed says, The stories of the landscaping dispute, or a dispute of any sort between Rand Paul and Brune Boucher, are erroneous and unfounded. The reason for Mr. Boucher's bizarre attack is known only to him. Statements to the contrary are irresponsible and unnecessary. Uh, and then adding, Speculation regarding Boucher's motive has led to unfair characterization of Paul's in their home. The Pauls are and always have been great neighbors and friends. They take pride in their property and maintain it accordingly. Rand has enjoyed working on and maintaining his lawn for as long as I have known him. Another neighbor, Dan Renshaw, owner of a large car sales group, told us, The episode is so wrong on so many levels to be absolutely blindsided and attacked while mowing one's lawn. I can't imagine being in my yard pulling weeds or mowing and being totally attacked by anyone, much less my neighbor. It's hard to believe he was out of jail the next morning on $7,500 bail. Another neighbor, Alicia Stivers, saying, quote, I have never heard Senator Paul speak an unkind word about anyone, let him alone being physically violent, which makes it all the more shocking that a next-door neighbor of many years who has not so much as exchanged an email or spoken word with Rand in several years would race downhill and pummel Rand from behind. And there are some other quotes from neighbors here. And uh, speaking of what this Alicia Stivers said, as CNN actually reports, Rand Paul and his neighbor haven't talked in years. Article on CNN by Maeve Reston, Scott Bronstein, and Drew Griffin. And this article starts out with, uh, It's a case so mysterious that it borders on preposterous. A U.S. senator allegedly attacked by a neighbor while mowing his lawn and attacked so vicious that Rand Paul ended up with six fractured ribs and bruises to his lungs that made it hard to breathe. Um, I don't know if I would call it that mysterious, personally. I guess it knows this, this neighbor was known to be 
a political opposite of Rand Paul. I guess it, maybe it's mysterious that this guy just snapped. He had a career. But probably according to his tweets, he would seem to Moses a little unhinged. Now CNN gets into more details. I guess this Boucher pleaded not guilty to Thursday to misdemeanor assault during the arrangement in Bowling Green, Kentucky. In an interview with CNN, Boucher's attorney, Matthew Baker, said his client regressed the, inter uh, the incident. Quote, if you had to do it over again, I can assure you it would have been handled much more diplomatically. Then he insisted the incident was not politically motivated. Quote, does it... This has absolutely nothing to do with any politics, any liberal versus conservative or Republican versus Democrat, he added. It's just not about that. Well, he, uh, his lawyer likes to say what it's not about, but it doesn't appear, according to this article, that he likes to say what it was about. Then they continue on with the article saying, quoting rather, this developer who told CNN they had a long-running disagreement. And then he told CNN that Rand Paul didn't like the rules of the property when they first explained it to him. Quote, he believes in less restrictions on property rights. He has strong beliefs on this subject. So I wonder if Rand Paul t lectured this developer. <laughs> he said he had to be told very sternly that he needed to follow the rules and restrictions. He did not do anything wrong, but he, he had to be told sternly to follow the rules. He did not like the rules. Well, uh, according to his neighbors, Rand Paul liked taking care of his lawn, and he did it pretty good. One neighbor saying that he didn't like rules. Pretty interesting. So the, moving on to the Democrats getting gains here. The biggest or the most notable would be the Virginia governor's race. Media outlets calling it a setback for Trump. Now, if I remember correctly, this was a candidate who was not necessarily pro-Trump. Although I believe Trump endorsed him. A lot of people speculating that he didn't win because he wasn't a backer of Trump and never mentioned Trump's name until near the end. This is Ed Gillespie. This is uh, the guy with the ad targeting him. It was uh, the Latino Victory Fund made this ad. Played last episode of this, this white guy chasing down diversities with his truck these kids and the kid and it showed the kids waking up like it was a bad dream and some kind of message is this the kind of America Trump wants or you want or I have no idea it was just ridiculous anyway you know the funny thing is I can't find a good breakdown of these victories that Donna Brazil was talking about and the media's talking about as far as numbers and everything like that. But I did find this. On the Huffington Post. Here's a list of historic victories Democrats had on Election Day. It says Tuesday was a momentous night. It's an article by Philip Lewis and Willa Frage. Or, or Free or something like that. So I know what you're thinking. Huffington Post and, and historic? 
Well, what do we have here? We have uh, we have diversities winning elections. And if you want know what I, you're wondering what I mean by a diversity. Uh, it's someone that's not both white and Christian. You can be white or Christian, but you can't be both. You know, I I apologize. I, I had that completely wrong. That's not true. You can't be white. You, okay, you can't be both. No, no, no. You can't. You can, okay. You can't be the three things: white, Christian, and straight. If you're not one, if you're not all three of those things, you're, you're a diversity. So here, here are all the the, the diversities that won. There's Danica, Danica Rome, uh, a a newly elected uh, for openly tra- transgender state lawmaker. Uh, let's see. We have Andrea Jenkins. First openly trans woman of color. That's two diversities. No, that's three diversities. Trans, color, and woman. Let's, let's rank these by diversities. Let's see. It might not say they're... they're if they don't say their religion, uh, we can assume that, that that doesn't... It's not going to count as a diversity. Because if they're like a Muslim or something, um, that's that's a diversity. Or, or a Buddhist, that's a diversity. Let's see. So we have. Uh, let's go back here. Danica Rame or Rome. Two diversities. Or I guess just one, since it's biologically a man, but it's a transgender. So that that's one diversity. Um, I guess two if you consider it a woman, because it's a transgender and a woman. I don't. I don't know. I don't know the rules. I'm gonna go with one. That's one diversity. Just transgender. Um, and then yeah, Andrea Jenkins, the uh, the first openly trans woman of color. That's two diversities. Born a man, now a woman, and of of color. So now, now we have uh, Justin Fairfax, a Democrat, uh, elected to become the Virginia's next new lieutenant governor. The second African American state to win statewide in Virginia, so he, he's won diversity. I, hold on, I gotta write this down. I gotta, I gotta know who's the winner. Who's the winner of the diversity award? So far, Andrea Jenkins has two. All these other people only have one. Uh, okay, so we have Sheely, Sheila Oliver, the first. Now this is this is in, in New Jersey, the first female African American lieutenant governor. Second black. So she has yeah, she's two diversities, so she's tied. She's a she's a woman and she's a uh, African American or black if you're normal. Because I doubt this woman has anything to do with Africa. Here we go. We have V. Lyles, elected in Charlotte, North Carolina. First female African American mayor, so that she's two diversities. I don't. Is she? She doesn't look African American though. Sorry, she doesn't look black. She looks maybe like thirty-three percent black, but that's still a diversity. That's a diversity in uh in today's days. So. A third tie for tied for two. We got Yvonne Spicer. First 
Uh, elected mayor of Framingham, Massachusetts. They don't talk about her diversities, but just by her picture, she she's a real black woman, unlike the other one. And uh, she is a woman, so that's that's two diversities. I don't know if anybody's at a top two. Joyce Craig, largest city in New Hampshire, just elected the first woman mayor. She'll be the mayor of Manchester. She's white, so she's just one diversity. That's not enough to get the prize. Let's see, we have Tyler Titus. First openly transgender person ever to be elected in the state of Pennsylvania. And he was elected to a school board. So that's one diversity there. Ravinder Bala. First mayor, or as elected as mayor Tuesday night, to make Bala the first Sikh American to be elected mayor of the city. So that's two diversities. That's uh, that's not white, and it's Sikh. So this is our this is our first man on the list, tied for two. Uh, and there's two that share Elizabeth. Guzman and Hela Alea see defeated Republican incumbents incumbents to become the first two Latinas elected to the Virginia House of Delegates. So more tied for two. I'm not gonna stop writing these down. There's too many tied for two here, and we have uh, Will Wilmot Collins. Will become the first or the second black mayor in both Montana and Helena's history. So that's that's just one diversity. Jenny Durkin will become Seattle's first lesbian mayor. So she's a female and a lesbian. That's two diversities. Melvin Carter. He's just black. He'll be the mayor of St. Paul. So that's only one diversity. We have Kathy Tran, former Vietnamese refugee, first Asian American woman to join Virginia's House of Delegates. That's two diversities. Janet Diaz. I need to go through these quicker here. There, there's a lot. I didn't know there were so many. Latina woman. Let's see, we have a African-American mayor, but it's a male, so it's only one diversity. Let's see, another male, African-American. I'm just saying African-American because the article says it. It's, I'm just reading here. I hate that word. I just think it's so stupid. I try to replace it with black. <laughs> I get triggered. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Black woman, mayor, let's see. Black man, uh, wo uh, Latina woman, white woman, transgender. Oh, ooh, ooh, I think we have a winner. I think we have a winner. Mazahir Salhi. And I'm just guessing by the name. Mazahir 
Sally will be the first Sudanese American to join Iowa City Council following her win on Tuesday. Well, I don't know. Well, is she okay? So it would it would be a black woman. Um, and I guess maybe maybe she would be Muslim or something because she's wearing a headscarf. It's not like a your regular hijab though. But there's someone wearing a hijab back. back. It doesn't say it doesn't say what her religion is. So I can't I can't uh, rightfully credit her three diversities. So she's stuck with two. Uh, and that's about it. That's all the diversity. So most of them are tied at two. So uh, sorry to all the black men out there with your historic wins. Um, you're only one diversity versus all the other twos out there. Better luck next time. Maybe you become a, a transgender. Going to be a transgender Muslim and, and, you know, a different race than white. You could you could beat every you could beat everyone. You'd be front page Huffington Post for a week. So a major uh, buzzword going around is uh, Paradise Papers, and I'm not an expert on this. There's an article in the New York Times titled "Paradise Papers Shine Light on Where the Elite Keep Their Money." I was listening to a little a little bit of uh, of it on public radio, and nothing nothing about it sounds. Entirely shocking, it's just very wealthy, hiding their assets, their money, offshore havens. As I always thought it was, was speculated anyway, but there are a, a, there are names attached to these. So the New York Times article is pretty lengthy, so maybe I can find a list of names tied to the Paradise Papers. Here we go on Wikipedia, Paradise Papers, and they have a, a whole a whole section of people named. And I have never I have not looked through this yet. So I'm just gonna go through the list here and I'm going to mention people that I uh, names that I recognize, but they have they have people it looks like just every continent here. Africa, Asia, Europe, Middle East, North America, South America. Rich and the wealthy in each. People that can afford the best lawyers to, to hide their money. And I guess one of the main takeaways of this Paradise paper stuff is uh, it's speculated that these people haven't broke any laws. That's just how the laws are written. And if you ever thought of a need to make the tax code fair, uh, this would be it. And I've said this before, the, the, there's two people that don't pay taxes, the ultra-rich and the ultra-poor, and the hardest-working people, the people that are producing, the people that are breaking their backs are the ones getting taxed the most. And it's almost like suicide. You see the middle class shrinking. Well, that's a very bad sign for any country. Almost as if we're going to spiral into a feudalist state again. History seems to repeat itself. Well, anyway, let me look down this list real quick. I also heard on this WPR, this is Wisconsin Public Radio, but it might have been a national show. Uh, on this show, they said if the names were on there, they weren't necessarily guilty. Well maybe just guilty of breaking the law, but they're involved somehow in 
the sneaky hiding of assets to avoid taxes. According to this Wikipedia article, YouTube lead singer Bono is listed in the papers. He's an investor in a Lithuanian shopping center via Malta-based company, which isn't surprising because he's been heavily criticized in the past for evading taxes. Total lefty hypocrite. Major hypocrite. Though I bet in his own mind, he probably doesn't think so. See, according to this Wikipedia article, the paper show that... I hardly even notice it. Dushy of Lancaster, a private estate of Queen Elizabeth II, held investments in two offshore financial centers, the Cayman Islands and Bermuda. Paradise papers also show that Dushy... It's Dushy? Douchy? <laughs> I have no idea. I've... How, do, how have I not seen this word before? Is this like a new, like, uh, trans-neutral, <laughs> gender-neutral thing? It's not Dutch or Duchess? What's, that? What's a Dushy? What is a... It's D-U-C-H-Y. Oh, Duke or... <sighs> yeah, it's what I thought it was. Some stupid gender-neutral term. And I apologize if this is a word that's been around forever, but it's new to me. Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko is named in the papers. Queen Nor of Jordan. Prince Khalid bin Sultan of Saudi Arabia. One of the sons of the Tur of Turkey's prime minister, Stephen Bronfman, Canadian prime minister, Justin Trudeau's advisor and close friend. Oh, Carlos Slim from Mexico. That's a big surprise. Major influence in the New York Times, by the way. In case you didn't know that little bit of information. Other names that appear in a document, according to Wikipedia, is... Rex Tillerson, Secretary of State and National Economic Council, Gary D. Kahn, Madonna, Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen, George Soros, Democratic leader in the U.S. Senate, Chuck Schumer, and the ranking Democratic member of the Senate Finance Committee, Ron Wyden, issued a joint statement accusing Republicans of pushing a reform of the tax code that fails to uh, close irregular loopholes revealed by the leaks. I just have to cringe every time Chuck Schumer opens his mouth. One of the most cringy people. I just can't imagine that guy has any real morals. Very hypocritical. An example of hypocrisy that I would you, you say with Chuck Schumer would be uh, using a, a catastrophe for to, to push his agenda but when a catastrophe happens that makes the Republicans want to push the agenda he'll stand on a platform and say how dare you use a catastrophe to push an agenda President of Colombia Juan Manuel Santos was mentioned the singer Shakira <laughs> well, yeah, and some others. I probably missed a couple that I know. I I didn't. I hardly read off 
any of them. And I didn't re keep in mind I didn't read the actual papers, so I don't know in which context a lot of these people are actually mentioned. And the Wikipedia article doesn't really say either. But I'm sure you can check the footnotes if you're interested in that. Any one of those people. Oh, here's another story that made headlines. Because of the whole Trump versus CNN thing. Which is always interesting. Article on CNN. By Tay Kim. AT&T CEO says he has no intention of selling CNN after... DOJ demands sale as condition for Time Warner deal. Some footnotes here. Sources tell CNBC the Justice Department is demanding that AT&T sell Turner Broadcasting, which includes CNN, or sell DirecTV for approval of the $85 billion merger with Time Warner. AT&T Chairman and CEO Russ Stephenson said in a statement that he has never offered to sell CNN, nor does he have any intention of doing so. And President Trump has reportedly criticized CNN as fake news on a social media Twitter account in the past year. Uh, repeatedly. I, did I say reportedly? <laughs> Let's just say reportedly. I think it's pretty obvious that he's criticized, or criticized CNN. So, uh, You know, it's probably a, a nothing burger story, but we'll see. Sometimes these mergers happen when uh, you don't expect them. But you can see that, you can imagine the conspiracies that will whirl. And that means they would sell too, so. They would sell to somebody. Maybe they, maybe they would uh, sell to a conservative and it would turn into another Fox News. Or maybe I could buy it. I don't know how much CNN is worth. Probably more than I can afford. Or willing to pay. I'd, I'd probably pay at least... I'd probably pay like a thousand bucks for it. I'll just buy the whole studio and I'll just do the I'll do uh, Caldwell Madison review just from uh, Jack Taper's desk. And no, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay the electric bill in that building. I would just probably just I'd I'd buy it and I'd just let it rot. <sighs> okay, let's see. I I mentioned something about these advertisers. There's a article on. AwfulAnnouncing.com. I don't know where I found this link. NBC Universal exec says NFL advertisers have threatened to pull out over protests, but none have yet. So, do they have names of these new companies? Okay, I'm not seeing any companies. <clears throat> Maybe I should read articles before I talk about them on the show. Another Google News search. There was two kind of contrasting articles here. One on uh, bizjournals.com says, NFL sponsors cite impact of anthem protests. And there's another one on Business Insider saying, not a single NFL sponsor or pizza chain will say it's losing sales after players' national anthem protests except Papa John's. And it's looking quickly at these articles. And one is citing Anheuser-Busch saying how it received so many calls about a sponsorship of the NFL and his teams, um, that the beer maker now has a special prompt on its customer service telephone line for customers calling to complain. And his business insider article said it reached out to 18 other NFL sponsors to ask whether, whether they are reevaluating their sponsorship deals. 
not a company, not a single company told us that they were considering ditching the NFL. Well, they, they asked a question about considering their sponsorship, but the article says that not a spon- not a single sponsor says it's losing sales. They didn't. That's not the question that they asked, though. So that's kind of it's it's a very deceptive headline on the Business Insider, which also doesn't want me to read the article because of ad blocker. But when I when I press when I uh, I refresh the page or whatever, it didn't ask me the second time. Let's see. Moving on, uh, motherboard.vice.com is an article titled "To Fight Revenge Porn." Facebook is asking to see your nudes. The social network is testing a new tool in Australia aimed at stopping non-consensual images from spreading ahead of time. So, the premise is is that you would send your nude photo that you're planning on sending to your your bay, <laughs> and uh, they would. Let's see how, how did this article word it. They will build a hash of the image or a unique fingerprint for it. And I'll use that in case the photo ends up somewhere else, Facebook will take it down. The article also said Facebook says it's not storing the photos, it just hashes the photos. But then there's an update that says a Facebook spokesperson says the photos are being stored for a period of time. What does a period of time mean? Eternity is also a period of time. So there's another article on the same website, motherboard.vice.com. Real humans will review the nudes you send Facebook as part of its anti-revenge porn program. I mean, give me a... Even if they said that nobody was going to see it, it's the same thing as the, the, you know, those uh, naked body scanners on the TSA. They say nobody sees it, but... Anybody that knows the system can download the photos. The photos are being uploaded. If they're being uploaded, that means they are being stored somewhere. I can't even think of a way that that, that it wouldn't work. You'd have to download some kind of client software on your computer that would convert your naked photo into the hashes or whatever. And then upload them that way. Uh, yeah, there's no... If, if you're... Uploading your naked photos through this thing, people people are going to see it, and people have the ability to see it. And when people have the ability to see it, guess what? They can take photos of it. They can do screenshots of it. They can store it in their memory. <laughs> um, I, the advice I would give is uh, don't don't send naked photos of yourself if you want. If you don't want other people to see it and you don't want it to spread around, that's not, you know what? I bet, I bet there, there's going to be some kind of leak or something like that. Or there's going to be some kind of corrupt employee taking all these photos and, and selling them. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? That's like porn is a, I don't know how many billion dollar business. Anybody that works at Facebook or Facebook themselves could be just stealing these photos left and right. They could fake a, a hack attack at the old say, Oh, well, we were hacked. I, I apologize. And all of a sudden, all these websites start springing up with all these photos on it. I can see that. Yeah, lesson of the day. 
You don't want people seeing um, your naked ass on the internet. Don't upload photos of your naked ass on the internet or send them to uh, your significant other. Are they, let's see. You know, I might do a quick live news search before I quit here, but uh, the last article I had saved was uh, from the Daily Wire. Muslim college student who lied about Trump supporters attacking her on New York subway pleads guilty. And I think I covered this before. Yasmin Sawi, 19, Muslim college student at Baruch College, lied to police, telling them she had been harassed on New York subway by white men who attempted to seize her hijab. Um, and she had she had these quotes too. One screamed, "Are the three drunk men?" One screamed, "Donald Trump!" Hurled anti-Islam slurs at her. Tried to take it, tried to rip her hijab off. So yeah, she fabricated the whole story because she was she didn't want her parents to get mad at her because she missed her curfew. And it says her sentence uh, it must take three months of counseling and complete three days of community service. So you know, I at least at least she didn't go on with the story and just just imagine if if they brought a, a lineup of people. If they brought a line, if she just continued on the story and they brought a lineup of people and she just, you know, picks them out just to, just to move her story along or whatever, these, these people would have done years probably locked up. Not community service or any kind of slap on the wrist. I can only wonder how many people are in prison over false accusations like rape and assault and everything else that are just doing years and years and there's nothing they can do about it. Sometimes prosecution can build up a pretty good case you know against uh, somebody you know a defendant who's not prepared or his, his lawyer doesn't really believe in him or isn't prepared himself. See I'm looking at a headline right here on Drudge Report WikiLeaks publishers or WikiLeaks publishes CIA hacking tools, source code. It's part of the Vault 8. Now keep in mind, CIA, um, or part of, part of this Vault 8 stuff, I believe, was the fact that uh, hacks can be, or hack locations can be masked and falsified. So, whenever you hear something about Russian hack, you never know for sure. And there has still yet to this day any evidence provided. Again, not saying that Russia doesn't want to hack. I'm sure they'd love to get a good hack in. But I'm not just going to believe that they did it without real evidence. More than these weird stories that were put in a conjoined report. Conjoined meaning... I think it was FBI, CIA, NSA. Now, here's this article about Roy Moore, Washington Post. Women says Roy Moore initiated a sexual encounter when she was 14. He was 32. Moore, Republican nom nominee in Alabama for a U.S. Senate seat. We'll see where this goes. 
It's getting late. I don't know if I want to dig into that right now. No, this headline says accusation, so I wonder if there's going to be more. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Apparently, Mitch McConnell speaking out saying Roy Moore should exit if the allegations are true. It's an article in the New York Times. And now there's Louis C.K. You know, the last episode was Monday, and I bet I, I missed other ones. There's a new sexual predator every day, it seems. Well, I think that's going to be it. For Caldwell Madison Review, episode 69, dudes. All right, let me try that again. Caldwell Madison Review, episode 69, dudes! I thank you for joining. As always, have yourself a wonderful weekend and I'll hope to catch you next time.